What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Matt Willis on the line. Matt is an awesome musician. He's an actor. He's just all around super cool dude. And we talked about a little bit of everything. We talked about his past, kind of what got him into that career path. Uh, he's he's part of the the band Busted. So this intro song that I've got in the beginning and the end of this podcast is actually one of his songs, which is pretty cool. Um, he's going to do a Spartan race. So he's training for that. And we dove into what he's doing from a training perspective and a nutritional perspective there. And we also talked about a lot of mindset stuff, like what happens when you reach your goal at an early age and then don't really know what to do with your life after that. So all kinds of really cool, inspiring stuff here. Lots of good information. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I feel confident you will as well. So without further ado, sit back, relax, enjoy this music, and enjoy this conversation with Matt Willis. Matt, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm really good, man. I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully well. Where are you calling from, brother? Um, I am in uh, I'm in North London. Well, just outside North London. It's just into Hertfordshire, which is um like kind of like fake countryside. Fake countryside? Yeah, it's like it's like not really the countryside, but it kind of kind of feels a little bit like I got like some greenery around me, but I'm very close to the city, so it's kind of like I kind of get the best of both worlds. It's nice. I've never been to London, but that's that's one place I've always wanted to go kind of check out. A lot of history there. What's it like being in that vicinity? Um, yeah, it's brilliant, man. It's been I've kind of grew up here. I kind of grew up here since I was um forever, you know. So I've kind of this is the furthest I've been out of London all of my life. So I kind of feel like I've over the past kind of twenty years I've gradually moved further and further away from the city. But um but um no, I love London. It's brilliant, it's part of me, you know. I kinda of really um I really love it here. Yeah, probably uh pretty good variety selection of food there as well yeah man yeah yeah not so many keto options it's kind of still kind of um it's kind of well you know what? it was actually funny that and um, i was watching a, a program about um diets in january like in january there was a program on the bbc about kind of like um you know this year's get slim thing and um and, and keto was mentioned it's the first time i'd heard it in like mainstream media here and um and they were kind of being a bit um a bit negative about it but um but it was um it was really surprising for me to see suddenly in the uk people talking about this that i feel like in america have been being talked about for years you know yeah well shoot at least it's getting mentioned i feel like america is definitely kind of leading the pack as far as countries involved with keto is concerned i think probably australia new zealand are next and then U uk is probably third but that doesn't mean a whole lot because uk is still pretty far behind yeah, it's definitely far behind. Like, I mean, if you kind of um, if you don't want chips with your meal, they look at you pretty weird, you know. So <laughs> there's there's no kind of um, there's no vegetable option. Well, how, you know, it's, uh, really there. how did you get into it, man? I mean, kind of give me a little backstory on you, your story, what you're doing, and how in the world you wound up in the keto space. Well, um, I kind of um, I'm a musician and actor by by trade. I kind of um, and and because of that, I've always kind of um under pressure to kind of get in shape for things and kind of get myself in um looking better and kind of falling in and out of love with different kind of um eating patterns i think you know and um i think uh when, when i think back i'm like even from like age of like 16 i was kind of on some kind of diet you know and nothing really seemed this is a typical kind of keto story really kind of nothing really worked i kind of um i always found that i had a problem with binging Mm -hmm. You know, like I'd, I'd be really good for like five days or even sometimes 10 days and then it would just all go to hell, you know. And um, I think, uh, you know, part of that problem kind of transcended into different parts of my life. Like I kind of um, had a problem with drinking drugs most of my life and I kind of found a way to deal with that. I came into recovery and I kind of sorted that one out. But then the food thing was still an issue, you know, and I kind of, um, and I remember someone talking about, rob wolf like in like um i can't remember where i heard his name but um i went on amazon i bought his book so i bought the paleo solution and i read that and just kind of just all made sense i was like oh do you know what maybe eating kfc and um and drinking coca-cola isn't probably helping me very much 
you know, so um, so I started to look into nutrition and kind of I followed the paleo diet for about two years and it worked really well until it didn't, you know, and um, and then the more I kind of um, looked into things, I kind of uh, I found Dave Asprey and kind of Bulletproof Coffee and that kind of spurred me in a kind of ketogenic kind of way. And um, and then since then, I've just been tinkering with it, really, and kind of playing around with it and kind of um, it's 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 the only way that I can control what i eat <laughs> in some way as soon as i i find as soon as i introduce carbohydrates into my life everything falls off you know like um i i remember listening to to your podcast with the with a guy about um carbohydrate addiction i kind of i feel like i really suffer from that like as soon as i as soon as they enter my body in any way i kind of um i can't really control what happens next something goes goes wrong you know it's a funny thing because I think with like most addictions, like drugs and alcohol, for instance, you inherently know that, okay, I should not be eating or I should not be taking drugs and alcohol. So it's like you inherently know that this is bad. I should probably try and find a different outlet. Whereas with food, it's like you you have to eat. And until you kind of know what a quality, nutritious food source is, you're just kind of you know ignorantly knowing that you have to eat, but you don't know where to put that energy like you don't know what type of food is optimal you just kind of group all food as food so it's like you have these addictions you have these struggles you have these eating disorders and binges and it's like something just isn't clicking like the the stars are not aligning like they should yeah totally i think um i think from an early age people would always kind of mention this word of moderation to me mm-hmm. and um i kind of remember being told that from a very early age and it never really understanding what that meant. And um, and I think some people that works really well, some people it just doesn't. And I'm one of those people, like I find that um, if, I, if I stay clear of things that trigger me in any way, shape or form, everything else just clicks into place. You know, but as soon as I have a little bit of this or a little bit of that, I just, it just all seems to go wrong. Totally agree, man. And a lot of people, they frown upon that. They, they think that life is, it should always be just a balance that, you know, things in moderation are much better than things excluded. But for me, it's like I, I perform much better if the things that I know are not contributing to my overall success, I just remove from the equation completely and I don't spend brain cells thinking about it. Like that's why I, I stay strict keto. Like I know that carbs aren't benefiting me, so I just don't even tinker with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's kind of what I'm slowly learning about myself. Well, I say slowly, learning. I think I've known it for years, but I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that wh- wh- whichever way I go about it, it just doesn't seem to work, you know? So I've tried pretty much everything. I kind of, um, I tried carb backloading for a while. That was, um, uh, I thought that was going to be the Holy grail for me. I was like, right. So that I, can, I can kind of eat what I want from 6 PM, you know, but that wasn't really the case. And that just, um, that just ended up in me binging every night, you know? So it was, um, are you talking what, about, uh, John Kiefer's car backloading? Yeah. I bought his book. I bought his book. And I, I think like, like everything, I think all these things work, you know, like I've had friends who, um, you know, one of my friends, a bodybuilder and he eats, you know, like plus 300 grams of carbohydrates a day and he does really well, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me, you know, whenever I tinker with anything. In fact, last year I had, um, um, I had a prep coach and, um, and we were kind of getting in shape for something. And then he wanted to include loads of carbohydrates in my diet. And, um, and so I, I tried that for about six weeks, but it's just, it's just sent my head in a spin, man. It just doesn't work for me. Whereas if I just eliminate these triggers and these culprits from my diet, one, I feel better. You know, like I, I genuinely feel fantastic. You know, like I, I don't have any highs, but I have no lows, you know. And so I'm, but that, I'm cool with that. Like I'm really happy at just this steady energy, you know. And um, and I perform well. Like I'm lifting well. I'm kind of, um, I'm, I'm kind of at the moment started um, training for Spartan races. And kind of, um, I've got my first one in April. And um, which has been a different kind of path for me, really. I've always had a, um, a kind of aesthetic goal in my head, like, um being in a band there's always a music video for a new album or mm-hmm. there's always a tour, or there's always something where i have to look a certain way in a photo and a kind of so there's always been a driving force or something for me to get in shape say for you know and um and i don't we're like we we finished touring in september after being on the road for about seven years and we kind of we're taking a bit of time out 
so um so i'm kind of like a full-time unemployed actor at the moment so i don't really have that um that uh that kind of end goal in, in mind so it's like well i need something to focus on otherwise my training will fall to pieces and if my training falls to pieces my diet falls to pieces and i kind of i just need everything all in place i really do and um so um so i found spartan racing with a friend of mine and we're doing one of those in april so that's um that's uh that and that's working really well keto because it, it, i just find that i'm i'm fueled really efficiently running is a new thing for me i've never ran before in my life i've always kind of been scared to run um i don't know why i just always thought i'd get injured and always thought it would be the you know you kind of hear terrible things about running and um and so i've always shied away from it but i'm really enjoying it yeah man spartan races like they they seem incredibly appealing like i've I've, t- I've talked about this on prior podcasts. Many of my listeners are like doubting me because I've talked about it and I haven't done one yet. But those are that that's one creative outlet and use of energy that I feel would be just massively, uh, you know, good both in like the off season and in a contest prep season for me as a bodybuilder. It's like it keeps everything moving. It's like a functional strength base. You have to have you know a pretty significant degree of endurance and you know agility. Like it just keeps everything honed in really well. Yeah, I think it's a good, um, like, I've been really focusing because um, obviously there's loads of things that I've, I've never done before. You know, like, I've never really done, I've never really done monkey bars even. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what like? What, what, what are they like? And I found that I'm quite heavy. You know, my grip strength isn't good enough. So I was like, right, okay, so I've got to lose a little bit of, bit of actual weight and, um, and work on my grip strength. You know? And um, which has been... Um, you know, because I thought, well, I deadlift, I kind of do all these things. I'm sure my grip strength is all right. When you're hanging your body weight underneath bars for a long period of time, it kind of, you become very aware of how heavy you are, you know. So um, uh, I've been working on that and kind of just, um, you know, being more explosive because a lot of it is, you know, even though it's like, um, I, don't, I don't know how many miles it is, but it's like 14 kilometers or something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, of, but there's like 20 obstacles. So it's very stop and start. You can't really get in any kind of running flow. You kind of start running and then you're in an obstacle and you start running and then you're in an obstacle. And um, I'm yet to um, to try rope climbing. That's my next tick on my my wish list. I've got to learn to climb a rope. Yeah, those, <laughs> those are tough, man. And I'm assuming yeah. they're probably done the same way uh, here in the States as they are there. But like if you are not able to complete an obstacle, you have to do like a – some a certain number of burpees or something correct yeah i think it's 30 burpees so um and, and like there's a few like there's there's like javelin throwing mm-hmm. you know like stuff like that which like everyone can't do so like you've definitely got some burpees coming up you know but also like um you've got to deal with the weather here as well because you know weather in the uk is pretty terrible so like it's gonna be wet it's gonna have been wet within the last 24 hours of the race. So it's going to be slippery. You know, you're going to be coming up against rings and bars and things that are going to be wet. So you're going to be falling on your face all the time and you're going to be doing um, a considerable amount of burpees, I think. But um, I've been I've been preparing for that, so it's okay. Yeah, man, that's like out in the elements is a whole nother variable that people, I feel like they, they don't they don't give that the time that it should, should be given because you need to be like seriously training in all these environments you'd be training in the cold training in the wet training in the mud like you need to be ready for the unexpected yeah totally i think um you know because when i started running i was running on a treadmill at the gym and i suddenly realized that it's not going to be sufficient mm-hmm. so i've been uh so I'm, and it's winter here so it's pretty awful you know so i'm kind of waking up and it's dark outside and i'm going running which um I kind of feel a bit like Rocky. It's kind of awesome. So um, yeah. I'm getting into that more and more, which I never thought I would. But it's um, I'm really I'm really enjoying this style of training because there's a purpose and there's um, and there's a you know like um, you know every session I got by a friend of mine, a guy called Rob Solly. He's a trainer here, and um, and he's a really good trainer. And I got him in to kind of structure my program for me because I was like, how do I train for this race? I don't I don't know. Like I've only ever really lifted before, you know, like um. You know, I was like, "What do I? How do I? How do I train for this?" You know, so he wrote this some um, amazing kind of eight-phase program for me, and it's in phases because um, I'm, I was so used to training by weeks, mm-hmm. you know, like in week blocks, and like my life doesn't always work perfectly like that. Like if I if I have to work or I get some something going on, my diary can change like that. So it's um it's very hard to kind of keep kind of structure. So he did it in like phases when we 
complete a certain phase, we test that phase, and then we move on to the next phase. And it's been um, it's been a really enjoyable process. I've really enjoyed working like this. Yeah, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of people, they have these really regimented, structured, you know, training protocols, but the the movement through that protocol is not dependent on any like actual progress. It's all based off of a timestamp. So having it structured so that you move through the phases based off of your body's ability to adapt to the phase, I think is key. Yeah, totally. And that's been, that's been really, um, like we did a test last, uh, after ta- after phase four, it was kind of to, in, in a way, kind of emulate what the race was going to be like. And it was, um, you know, so it was about an hour and 15 minutes long or something. It was kind of quite metabolic. There was some strength work in there. It was all in the gym, but it was kind of too, um, you know, and then there was a, then there was suddenly running and then there was suddenly something else. It was kind of, um, and I, man, I loved it because I felt ready. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was ready for that test. I, I'd worked towards that test and we were kind of, and when I got there, I wasn't like, oh my God, this is going to be horrible. I was like, All right, bring it, let's go, you know, and, um, and it, which, which I'm, um, you know, I can only relate it really to CrossFit. And I was like, remember when I, when I used to hear that three, two, one go bell at the beginning, just feel like, oh my God, I can't believe we're going to do this. You know, I never really felt ready for that workout. Whereas this one, uh, I felt primed and ready for it, you know. I like it. I like it. What What are you doing with regard to nutrition, man? I mean, I know you're doing keto, but like, how are you structuring that to kind of optimize for this style of training as well? Um, well, I kind of, um, I jumped on World Carnival Month in January. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I kind of tried to do carnival before, but the thing is, if I'm honest, I'm already looked as, as the weird one with nutrition anyway. Right. You know, so when, so when I told people I was just eating meat, they just looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. But, um, but I just went, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to this in January. And I did that. And, um, and I, I felt fantastic. I really did like I've and, and that's when I started this training program and so everything started to click into place so I've kind of not really strayed from much from that I'm kind of I sound 90% carnivore with um with some keto bricks in there like I eat half, <laughs> I eat half a keto brick every day because they're joyous and um and they kind of bounce my fat macros up a bit because I tend to um the meat we tend to get here is a lot more leaner and I kind of end up going for that so I need to kind of put some more fats in and if we've got, um, like, if I've got a big run, I'll, um, I'll eat a keto brick the day of the run, you know, and it kind of um, just fuels me and I just feel kind of awesome and ready. But I'd say, I'd say, I, I like, I kind of, um, I track the other day, like mm-hmm. the other day at the end of the day, I haven't been tracking for, for a long time, which is very unlike me, but I'm trying to kind of step away from all these kind of addictive things that I do and tracking is definitely one of those, you know? So, um, I kind of was like, right. Okay. So let's just try not to track for a little while. And I kind of, and I was maintaining weight. It was kind of maintaining performance. So I was like, I feel like um, everything's going well. And I kind of, and I, at the end of the day, I just tallied up what I'd done and it was pretty much a one-to-one fat to protein ratio minus a couple of grams here or there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm kind of naturally falling into that, you know? And, um, and it just uh, and I feel great. I perform good, you know. It's um, it's awesome. I think I think one to one is probably the most universal beneficial ratio. I feel like a two to one fat to protein is very strategically used and can be optimal in certain contexts. And I think one to one is probably the most just sustainable based off of what options most people have to consume, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think a two to one protein to fat is really ideal for most situations but a two-to-one fat to protein or a one-to-one fat to protein i feel like you're pretty solid there yeah i mean i tend to feel good that way you know i mean i I tend to feel good when i when i push the fat higher as well you know the only time i feel bad is when um is when i don't have enough fat like i really Mm -hmm. start to i start to struggle a little bit there but um but then i've done periods of time when like um i had a photo shoot like two years ago and um and i wanted to get like really ripped for that photo shoot. So by the end of my prep, I was on really low fats and really low carbs for like about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's horrendous. Like I just felt absolutely terrible and, um, but really high protein. So that it was the kind of PSMF kind of style towards the end of that prep. And it was, um, um, yeah, I suffered for that. 
and um and to be honest i felt i felt like i looked a bit flat and a bit rubbish anyway in the photo so i wasn't very pleased yeah there's i mean that's just kind of what the, is typical i mean coming from a bodybuilding background myself most competitors are doing that really high protein very low fat low carb you know approach mm. and it's just like they all feel like shit they're all walking around like zombies they all look flat like it's just not optimal in any shame shape or form for human optimal performance yeah yeah definitely like um um yeah it definitely didn't work for me so i want to kind of dive into to you personally man like musician and actor like what in the world got you headed down that path like dive into that for a second um yeah man so i kind of um i was always um always an actor as a kid like i went to um like a drama school as a child and kind of um was was acting in tv shows and kind of um um theater and stuff when i was a kid and then i uh i wrote some songs with a friend of mine from school and um we, it turns well, i didn't really know what we were kind of thinking we, we didn't have any kind of plans of being a big band or anything we just kind of wrote some fun tracks and made us laugh and we had a good time doing it like we were all kind of big green day and blink 182 fans and kind of that was kind of our our jam and so we, we were kind of just emulating them really and um and uh those songs ended up on the desk of a A&R guy at a record company and mm -hmm. before we knew it we'd signed a record deal and we were kind of um and we were making an album you know it was kind of by accident really I mean um I never really intended to do to do that for my job and it just kind of um and then it just took off and I think um and then I was in a, my band was called Busted in the UK and we wrote a bunch of a bunch of songs and um and they did and they did really well you know so we kind of we, we're touring that for a good like three four years and then we broke up you know so it's kind of um we, we got in a lead singer just before we signed our record deal with charlie um he's a good friend of mine now but he wasn't at the time when he left the band and he um he kind of left and um and so we stopped doing it you know like that was probably in that was in 2005 january 2005 we split up um but we've done we we've done some really cool things like we you know we kind of um we've won some i think i don't know if you know the brit awards in the in america but they're kind of like the grammys for the uk mm -hmm. so we won a, a few of them and kind of um we, we toured loads of big venues it was really awesome but then it kind of came to an end and i just i went back to acting just which is what i did before the for the band and um and then i was kind of acting for seven years and then i got back in another band with some friends of mine and we took that and that did that did really well for a couple of years and then busted got back together in 2015 i think yeah 2015 and we toured and um and it got it got really good again so it was nice it was nice it was nice it's been um and then then we finished touring in september and i'm kind of back to acting again so it's kind of it's been a really kind of um kind of up and down career really you know i think um that we wrote some songs that um a band in the US covered um, called the Jonas Brothers. They covered um, a few songs that I wrote, like a song called Year Three Thousand, a song called What I Go to School For. They were kind of um, there were songs that we wrote for our band, and the Jonas Brothers took them and released them in the US. So that was um, that was cool because like these songs that we wrote in our bedroom when we were sixteen were getting played on American radio, and kind of teenage girls in America knew these songs <laughs> we wrote. Kind of a very surreal thing. But um, but yeah, so um, so we kind of um, and and you know, and and the band is still an ongoing thing. We're kind of um, we're we're taking a bit of time out right now because I I wanted to go back to drama school. So I've just been, I kind of went back to drama school in September and I finish in May. Mm -hmm. Um, did a certain acting course because kind of um, I felt like I hadn't trained for such a long time. Like I kind of and the band kind of really takes me out of my kind of acting craft. You know, it really kind of takes priority. And so I felt like I was kind of dipping in and out of acting and I wasn't really taking it seriously enough. And I was like, you know, I was looking at the standard of actors that I was going up against in auditions. And I was just like, man, I'm just not, just not where I need to be, you know? So, um, so I went back to school in September and, um, and I graduated again in about a month's time. So that's where I am right now. I have to imagine, man, like I, I, I don't know that much about the, the acting and musician, you know, career path, but I, I look at my life as an entrepreneur and like nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is solidified. Like you literally live every day, like just <laughs> like without any specific structure, rhyme or reason, like it could change on a, on a dime. And I have to assume it's probably pretty similar in that regard to 
that more artistic career path that you're that you're following yeah i think i think with with the band you're only as good as the last thing you release mm-hmm. you know so I suppose that's like with anything you're only as good as your last gig right so so we um uh you know luckily things it, you know it's, it's all about new music for us so when we feel like we're um like we took a break in september because we don't really want to go into the studio and write new music right now because it doesn't feel like it's where we are as a as people right now but we recorded a, an album we released it in february last year and um and that was um you know it's it's it it was uh it was a real kind of i don't know a real from the heart kind of record like it was a really kind of like um it was a record we'd always wanted to make you know and um and it kind of solidified things for me i was like right cool i feel like i've kind of done that bit of a chapter with music for me for a while you know like it's weird because when i think back to it i'm like i kind of i kind of achieved everything i wanted to achieve by the time i was 19 years old mm-hmm. and like i don't really i only really wanted to you know to have a single in the charts and to have an album in the shops and stuff that was like beyond my wildest dreams i couldn't believe that was happening so everything else that happened after that was just a complete and utter bonus you know and um i kind of feel like that's the kind of way i'm i'm kind of going about it now and kind of um and then, and then I kind of sit down. I'm like, right, what do I, what do I actually want to do? What do I actually want to achieve? I'm like 36 now. I'm like, right, okay, what's what's next? You know, which is a really exciting kind of chapter. And what what feeds my soul now? What makes me kind of want to want to get out of bed and want to go and grab it by the horns? You know, there is a. I feel like when you do something like that, like when you achieve something that's so grand at such a young age that you've aspired to do and put like such emphasis in when that is done and over, like, did you have any period of time where you were almost like lost or like almost in a depression? I mean, I feel like for me at least personally, like when I had had really big highs in my life and I didn't have like a specific outlet post high, I would Mm. easily fall into a depression. I've kind of found a way to mitigate that now, but it wasn't like that in the beginning. No, no, like that one hundred percent happened. You know, like um, I mean, I always had a um, had my way of dealing with it was to get drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my way, kind of like um, it kind of went hand in hand. It was this this kind of like fake bullshit rock and roll lifestyle thing, you know. But like um, but like I really lived that. Like I tried really hard to live up to that um cliche, you know. But it was um, it wasn't until like the band had split up. And we'd achieved so much, like, you know, at such a young age. And I was 21 and my band had finished. And I was suddenly like, shit, what do I, you know, like, wow, what, like, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to turn the washing machine on. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know how, I was just a kid, you know, I was like 16 when it started with this whirlwind until I was 21. And I was kind of let loose and then, and kind of back to, back to reality, you know, with a, with a bit of a smack, you know, but it was, um, and yeah, that does that does come with its pitfalls. I mean, for me, it was a real, it was a real downtime, you know. And it's only really, you know, for me when I when I found, um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say because don't get me wrong, I'm still ambitious. You know, I still I still do have ambition and drive, but I'm not I'm not I'm not driven by the same things that I was when I was 21. Like I don't care about fame or fortune or 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 anything like that. I care about success, but only because it means something to me and it means I'm doing something right, you know, but it's, um, but I think at the time, like when I was kind of 21 and the band had finished, I was like, Oh my God, like, I'm, but we're doing so well. Everything's going so well. Now I'm a loser again. You know, like I kind of had that mentality, which is wrong to think because, you know, when you do great things, they still happen, you know? So it's, um, it's, but then um, I suppose now it's about finding, new ways to challenge myself, new ways to kind of, um, um, to achieve success in my own life. Yeah. I think a lot of it, I mean, for people that are very much so go getters, like sounds like you are, I mean, having this, this air about you of being content in who you are and what you've accomplished thus far, but never really being satisfied. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I try to live my life. Like I'm content in the sense that I'm proud of what I've created and done with my life thus far like I could die today and be proud of what I've done but yeah there's there's so much more that I want to do and I'm I'm chipping away at each and every day but I don't like feel this empty hole inside of me because I I know that I'm putting forth effort every single day whereas if you knew 
that you had this, you know, greatness inside of you, but you never, you know, grabbed life by the horns and pursued it, then you would always just have this emptiness, this lack of contentment, and that would be very unsettling. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. I think that's it. That's exactly it, isn't it? It's like, it's like even though you're, um, you, you know, you're still striving for something, even though you would be completely content if you didn't, if if it didn't happen. I still need to know that something else is is coming. You know, I'm still driving towards something. Hence the Spartan race, right? Yeah, hence the, hence the Spartan <laughs> race at the moment. You know, so that's in that's in like that's in April the nineteenth, I think. And then um and then the day after I start a kind of um a bit of a cut. So I was like, right, okay. Then I'm going on holiday in July. I was like, right, okay, I'll get a bit I'll I'll do a little vanity cut for holiday. I got you. I got you. You're you're not traveling near as much as you were when you were touring, though, right? So it's probably much easier to kind of stay on top of your your food. Well, if, do you know what it goes through? It goes through um, through different things. Like I had an audition this week, and if I get that, I'm kind of um, I'm in a I'm in a play in Leicester for kind of two weeks, which is in kind of the Midlands here for for two months. Sorry. So kind of like it depends. My but but no nowhere near as much traveling. Like if I am traveling, I'm traveling to somewhere and being there for a little while you know, with work, whereas touring with the band, well, it, that depends as well, because I mean, if we were touring the UK, you know, we're, how do I say this without sounding like an arsehole? We're, 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 we're kind of, we're kind of big enough to be looked after pretty well in the UK. Yeah. So like we've got our own kind of chef and our own thing that comes with us. So like he could kind of, look, and like I just kind of, kind of told him what I want to kind of eat most days and I kind of get it and he makes me Tupperware for the next day and certain things, you know, so we're kind of pretty well looked after in the UK. But then when we travel outside of the UK, we're not a big band. So it's like, um, so that's like grabbing food in hotels and kind of um, restaurants and things like that. So it's kind of a bit more difficult, but this is kind of why I love, I love keto eating because I can kind of always find something on any menu that I can eat. You know, it's really I've always said that too. Like you can make keto work pretty much anywhere you go. Is there any like in particular, uh, you know, secret, not secrets, but like little techniques and hacks that you use when you were traveling um, to kind of make it even easier? Because I feel like that for whatever reason is, is oftentimes people's pitfall when it comes to keto. They, they go on just a, a traveling excursion and before you know it, they're, they're eating just crap foods. But I feel like that's a pretty crappy excuse. Yeah, I think that's a that's a complete crap excuse. I think um, uh, I think um, you can make it you can make it work anywhere. It's really easy, you know. Like I mean, I suppose stopping at like um, like if you're driving, stopping at service like what do you call them there? Like service stations, like, mm-hmm, like a gas side. station or something. Yeah, like stopping there. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna struggle there, but who isn't, you know? But like, um, but I suppose it's about thinking. You know, first I used to always fast, like in the morning. It was something which I always used to do until I realized that I was kind of making a big mistake because the one place that I could definitely control having a ketogenic breakfast, um, sorry, a ketogenic meal was breakfast in a hotel because there's like eggs and bacon and sausage and all these kind of things, which are, are perfect, you know? And um, so I was just like, right, I'll take full advantage and have a big breakfast. And then whatever I have during the day, I can make up for it. But at least I'm getting a good solid keto calorific meal in the morning. That's a good point for sure. I feel like there's advantages and disadvantages to eating earlier versus later, but I feel like the the best, the single best thing you can do is leverage the most assured meal you have, and if that's breakfast, then then capitalize on that. Yeah, completely, man, completely. But I mean, I, and that was um, that took a while because I was always like, um, I never used to eat breakfast ever. But then when I'm touring now, whenever I'm touring, I always eat breakfast because. Hotel breakfast is always pretty good. You know, you, um, the kind of hotels we stayed in, so I was always kind of lucky with that. So I take full advantage of that. What do you think, like, in, in that space, man, like in the acting community, in in music, like, is is keto kind of looked on as this weird thing? I know in the UK in general it's still not really widely accepted, but it, it's interesting to me how certain different, you know, subcultures and niche groups like acting and, and music could you know be for or against it like i look at you know backpackers and mountaineers and people that are like camping and everything and they can see the appeal to it but i feel like if you're doing a lot of traveling or if you're just constantly on the go then it would make sense to be able to fast at will and be able to kind of just really get things dialed in feel 
consistently good when everything else in your life is just total chaos? I mean, that, I mean, it sounds ideal, doesn't it? Like it really, um, it's, I, I just don't think it's big here. You know, like I feel like um, also there's such a, you know, like I've got nothing against veganism, but there's such a big vegan propaganda thing happening in the UK right now that it kind of feels like, um, like to go to be keto, you kind of have to be in the opposite camp. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're, you, if you're if you're keto, then you're obviously against veganism. Like, I don't give a shit what you eat. Do you know what I mean like if you're happy, then fine, fantastic, you know? But um, but it's kind of like whenever I uh, like, I've kind of learned not to really talk about. Like, I've never really talked about what I eat, and and apart from on this podcast, but um, because um, it kind of just becomes a bit of a kind of a bit of a weird conversation, you know, especially if you talk about carnivorous eating. Yeah. And like, I mean, people just lose their minds here. You know, like it's a really, um, I mean, I think it's very much the same in, in parts of America. Like I'm, I go to LA a lot for work and it's, um, and it's very much the same there. Like, you know, but like there's, there's people like picketing outside shops and stuff here. There's kind of butcher shops being, you know, covered in paint and stuff like that. Like it's really, um, it's really becoming a very weird nutritional place you know that's so strange to me man like i don't know why people care so much about what other people choose to eat like i don't i don't get it like why can't everybody just fend for themselves and not worry about it yeah completely just but it really feels like it's kind of like there has to be a war about it right now like i really feel like and people are really pushing this agenda like if you're a meat eater you're obviously against you obviously want to kill the planet you know, I'm just like, wow, man, chill out. Like, you know, like you, if you want to do that, fine, do your thing, you know, but, um, you know, but then, but then I hear people talking in the keto space and they're so anti-veganism. I'm like, look, these people are just making a conscious decision to do something which makes them happy. Yeah. You know, good. On, you know, so it's a very weird, um, it's a very weird place. I totally agree, man. I've, I've definitely spoken out against the hardcore carnivores that are just bashing you know, vegetarians, veganism. Like I, I, I obviously am not vegan. I eat meat. I kill, I kill animals. Like I, I do so sustainably and I do so in an ethical manner, but I have no problem killing food. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to just totally destroy anybody that is vegan. I mean, they're still human. Yeah. It's a very weird mentality, isn't it? Yeah. And when did that start, dude? Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck, man. It's just like, like um, it's so bizarre to me. I'm assuming the uh, the Game Changers documentary made some waves there in the UK. It's made big waves. I mean, I can't watch it because um, I just feel like I'd end up getting a bit angry. But um, uh, I try not to make myself get get um any any kind of decisions. I think it's easier if I just say I haven't watched it, you yeah. know, rather than having to get in some conversation because so many people kind of um, messaged me and went. You've got to watch Game Changers. You've got to watch. Matt, of all people, you have to watch this. I'm like, that's exactly the reason I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's that's good, I have man. To myself even more to you people. You know, I mean, you can't reason with unreasonable people, so it's best. It's a better use of your time to just you know sidestep them completely and and stick with what you know to be right. You know. Yeah, man. What works for me. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. That's huge. What What do you have coming up, man? Like, what What does the future hold? I know you kind of alluded to a little bit uh, from a career standpoint, but like, and and the Spartan race, but but on a macro level, like, what do you want to do? Um, you know, nutritionally, what do you want to do? Just kind of like professionally. Well, I kind of um, uh, you know, I've never, I've kind of been, I've kind of been in good shape. I've never been in ridiculous shape. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's always kind of something which is been um appealing to me you know like um um and I've, well, I've always had this kind of like rubbish excuse of traveling and touring and stuff like that kind of like i can't because i've got this coming up or i've got to go here or i've got to travel around for three months how am i possibly going to do that but i'm like actually i have nothing that's going to get in the way of it right now like i'm going i'm uh like we have a place in ibiza so um so we go there for the whole of august every year so um i'm going to be going there in the whole of August, I'm like, right, I'm going to really prep myself for that. So I've got this Spartan race on April the 19th. And then I work with, um, with a place here called raw, who are kind of very good at kind of getting you ripped and in shape. And we're doing it keto. And we've kind of talked about macros and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, 
it's um that's my plan like so um so so i kind of go into that cut on april the 20th i start there and um so that's really good so i know i've got a good training and kind of nutritional plan for the next kind of six months professionally i've got um uh i, I i'm hope i'm auditioning all the time at the moment so it's kind of um that's uh, hopefully going to lead somewhere. Kind of, um, I've got a potential play happening in Leicester, which would be really good if that happens. That'd be really great. But uh, apart from that, I'm in acting class, kind of keep my head down, trying to get as good as I possibly can, trying to get better every day. That's my plan. Where does one start in in getting into acting? I'm sure there's like a million different ways you can go about kind of introducing yourself to it. But like that, that is something that I've always thought is just an incredibly admirable profession i mean i took acting classes in college and i loved it it's weird because like in high school you know people make fun of you if you get in the acting class like it's frowned upon but like when you stop and think about what it is you're doing like i just have utmost respect for people that that can do that professionally yeah i mean i i you know i i love it something about it which really appeals to me like i'm i've been doing this um like I, it's it's a funny it's a funny place i'm kind of in because I kind of realized a couple of about two years ago that I can get the jobs which I don't want and I can't get in the room for the jobs that I want because coming from a different kind of background, coming from being kind of um, people knowing who you are in the UK kind of can be a positive and a negative, mm-hmm. you know, so it can be positive for the jobs that I don't want. Like I could walk into a, you know, kind of some kind of soap or some kind of traveling show you know but these are not necessarily the, the jobs that are going to feed my soul and creatively make me make me happy you know they'd just be kind of money gigs and then um but then the ones that i want i wasn't get even getting allowed to audition for or getting in the room because they saw my face saw my name and they just said no why is you that, know you so huh why do you think that is like they just assume that it's going to have a, a negative connotation or the public would view it differently or like why do you think they would turn you away because of your fame i think i think that's um i think it's just um i think it i think that's exactly what it is i think people just have a negative connotation about people wanting to do something else that's different or outside of what they did you know it's um it's a very weird thing and also there's there's a there's a reputation of kind of of kind of i think musicians going into acting and not being and it not being the greatest decision they've ever made you know so it's um you know it's probably a little bit of that too you know and I get all these things, you know, but also then I kind of dawn on, dawn on me, the jobs that I was getting put forward for, I wasn't getting. So I was like, something isn't right here. And maybe it's, and and I don't know if it's there, maybe it is me, you know, maybe I'm not good enough yet. Maybe I'm not right for this, for this standard of work. So that's why I kind of went back to school and I kind of, I've been in class kind of five days a week at the moment, kind of getting my, um, getting all my ducks in a row. So I kind of feel like when I come out of here, I will feel like I'm ready to kind of be on that stage and be on that platform with these other people who I'm auditioning with, who are phenomenal actors, you know, and I just, um, and I feel like I'm getting better every day at the moment. Like I really do. I feel like in a really good place with it, you know, and, um, and, uh, just a bit of work would be nice now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's gotta be massively humbling for you to, you know, be at like the freaking A game in the, the the musical path and career, and then step into acting and pretty much have to start back from ground zero, or even less than that, because of that negative connotation they put on you. And to like go from, you know, touring everywhere, having like your own private chef, and seeing all the success with that, to like not being able to get a gig to save your life, and having to go back to school and learn and just be super open minded. Like that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I kind of love it for that reason. You know, there's no bullshit. You know, you can't, you know, because you 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 are there on screen bearing your soul, right? And if you're not doing it, um, if it's not real, if it's not genuine, like you can see through that. You can see a bad actor on t- on screen. You can mm-hmm. see a bad actor on stage, you know? So there's no, you can't, you can't cut around it. You know, you've got to be you know, you've got to put the work in, you've got to, you've got to get yourself ready, you know? And, um, and I really do believe that like, um, from music, like, um, like I, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not kind of really, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm genetically talented, you know, like I've never felt, I felt, I've never felt like 
my talent is being shone through me or anything. Like I've just had to work hard. You know, like I had to play my instrument every goddamn day, you know, to kind of, um, to get better at it. I had to really put the hours in. If I knew there was an album coming up, I had to work on bass lines for three months before the, before we went into the studio. So I knew I had them locked in. So I didn't waste time. We're recording, you know, it's, um, it's all about work, you know, and I think with acting, um, it would be really, um, naive and arrogant of me to expect to just walk into this profession, which is filled with incredibly, you know, well-established actors and me to just walk in there and expect to be given something because I've been successful in another, in another, um, career, you know, so, um, so I am, um, I'm willing and, and, and happy to work my ass off for it. I really, really love professions and, you know, just hobbies or passions or just things in life where you cannot fake it. Like there's no way to, to beat the system. I mean, that's why I love natural body. There is no steroids. There is no cheat. There is no hack. Like you can't fake it. And the same is true with acting. Like you cannot fake that skill set. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things in life where you can, you know, walk around really fast and shuffle some papers and it makes it, you look like you're, you know, the bee's knees and get a promotion. But with things like that, like acting, you know, bodybuilding, whatever that may be, where it's just simply raw, pure and pristine talent and hard work wrapped into one like that is that is cool, man. I love that. Yeah, man, too. Right. Like, um, like, I really think that kind of like that fake it to you make it myth is bullshit. Totally. You know, because, because one day that's going to fucking get your ass handed to you, you know, because you're going to have to you're going to have to prove it, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, that's when that's when all bets are off. You know, you've got to really kind of um, you've got to really prove it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no there's no benefit in the long game of, of faking it and putting this mask on, like be just 100 percent unapologetically you and transparent and anybody mm-hmm. that's going to be, you know, giving you the nod to move up and progress and they're going to recognize that honesty for what it is and i would hope that that hold more weight than you know just this this mischievous mask that people wear yeah completely man and like um like my acting teacher at the moment says it takes 10 years to make an actor Mm -hmm. you know he said um you know he said however long you think doing it because this is year one but also um so you know, onwards, onwards. Yeah, I love it though, man. Like that when you when you find something that you can buckle in on, and legitimately spend your entire lifetime and never perfect because it's just a continual learning process. I mean, that's exciting. That's why, like, I'm I'm kind of playing around with the idea of eventually getting into uh, jujitsu because I look at what masters of that craft can do, and it's like you can literally practice that art form every single day of your life. And still learn something new every day. Yeah, that's um, that is so funny you talk about that because that's something which really appeals to me. Like it screams to it. My son has started doing it. He's um, he's eight, and I took him there because um, there's like this um, this Gracie school, and I co- I kind of read up about it because I heard um, I heard Rob Wolf talking about jujitsu, and like obviously I heard um, Joe Rogan talking about it for years, and I was like, right, okay, what's what's all this about? And I went on their website. I just loved everything i read about it i was like man this just seems like something which is really going to benefit you in so many different ways than just having a martial art on your belt mm-hmm. seems like it's a real kind of um platform for living you know so um so i think that might be on the agenda one day too totally agree man there's that's that's the cool thing about it. there's so many options i mean i i got to do my spartan race though i got to do jiu-jitsu you got to do your spartan and jiu-jitsu there's <laughs> just constantly something going something on yeah. the tip of the, the end of the tunnel there that's good though. Yeah, too right, too right. What's life about? Absolutely. I got one more question for you, man. Yeah, man. What is a good song that you put out that I need to add to my workout playlist? Oh. Okay. Um What is a good song that we've put out? Do you know what anything from my last album? Like um my last album was an album called Halfway There. Which we um which we recorded with a guy called Gil Norton, who did um loads of the Foo Fighters records. Like he's an amazing producer, mm-hmm. and uh, and we kind of always wanted to make a kind of proper kind of unashamed kind of pop punk record, 
and we put this record out and um and i think that it's it's really you know it kind of sums up my band in in one record it's called you know the the album is halfway there the album is halfway there and the uh one second let me just pick one track if you're going to do one track i should maybe know this album off by heart now oh listen <laughs> to a song listen to a song called reunion reunion yeah or nostalgia listen to nostalgia awesome i will definitely do that man it's on itunes i'm assuming right? like i can easily get it on yeah. itunes yeah, it's, on, it's on everything i think it is in america yeah i'm pretty sure it is perfect yeah. perfect well i'll put that on my playlist tomorrow man i'll be jamming that i'll listen to the whole album but I'll, I'll add that one to the playlist for sure amazing man amazing awesome where can people go to find out more about you brother um i'm on instagram matt j willis um i'm there kind of all the time you know so uh that's kind of it man that's that's kind of me i don't do the facebook or the twitter anymore hey keeping it simple is the way to go man i keep it simple i just kind of go on that um yeah and i'll be i'll be i'll be um I'm, I'm a big fan of yours dude it's a really awesome awesome thing to talk to you i've been listening to your podcast for a long time so it's really nice to chat to you well i appreciate that man i mean this this is a an honor for me because i i feel like like you know nutrition and keto like it can benefit so many people like it it's like you don't have to be in the keto space per se to benefit from the keto diet so i really want to just expand my reach and learn and meet and and you know learn new skills from people that are not even in my my space because i want to get outside this echo chamber that just by default happens when you are in a community and i love the keto community i'm happily a part of it but it's it's super cool for me to talk with someone like you who is in a totally different genre but we both are kind of brought together by one commonality yeah man how fucking how rad is that yeah awesome i love it well listen man i will definitely keep in touch you keep in touch as well if there's ever anything i could do to help you from like a losing body fat getting shredded with keto standpoint getting you fixed up with some keto bricks whatever just let me know brother thanks so much man awesome dude thanks a lot you bet have a good one man yeah man all the best bye-bye